Nobody in Memphis knew what I knew for a variety of reasons. Welcome to the Keith Easterwood Show. Keith is a nationally known basketball expert whose fingerprint is all over college and AAU basketball. And this show is where Keith will tell all the unfiltered craziness that he has witnessed through his years. GP, say a cuss word. I can, I can say motherfucker in front of a bitch, I guess. Nothing is off limits. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up. I'm attention deficit hyperactive disorder. That was too much shit for me to deal with, and I'm like, no. All right, welcome to the Keith Eastwood Show. If you've got me, you know about KeithEastwood.com. You know how to find me. Or the podcast goes on Apple. I'm on every Tuesday with Gary Parrish, 92.9 FM. And today we'll have Gary Charles, who is the impresario of New York basketball. I think if you listen to him, number one, his dialect is really interesting. If you Google him and his dress, and he's just a guy that's been around and hung around and made it work. I want to get into some things um, that he did this summer, things going on in New York, and then obviously the timeliness of the James Wiseman situation. If you watch the Tigers, you know, in Oregon, I, you know, he got in foul trouble early and didn't play a lot in the first half. And there's a debate. Do you, you know, the, the rule of thumb for me as a coach, you get two fouls in the first half, you got to sit. Now, I've coached pros, you know, J- uh, Sean Williams and Corey Brewer and Thaddeus, Thaddeus Young. And sometimes, Sometimes, because of quality of play, you give them a little more latitude, a little more rope to keep playing. I mean, Gary comes on, hell, he's coached. When he starts rattling off the guys he's coached, uh, y'all going to freak out. And so, um, you know, but he said him 15 minutes of the first half, they came back. Uh, Oregon's a good team. You know, the Lawson kid had a good game. And, um, you know, there's a couple of transfers that Oregon got who shot the ball really well, knocking three balls down. And so that's part of it. And this team will get better. And I can't, you know, you hope there's not distractions of what's going on with James Wiseman. I do think that on the 18th, Judge Evans will give the restraining order. And then after that, man, it's dog eat dog. I hope, you know, as Calkins is kind of went on record as saying that there's some type of settlement where, you know, as Memphis agreed to, you know, set him a few games and they'll be kid at Ohio State. Went from four games to two, and he'll be back for the Penn State game. You know, but right now, man, in Memphis, man, we got it going on, man. The Memphis football program is playing well, and um, the Tigers have got – you can see, especially with him on the floor, what a difference maker, you know, that it is. And I and I told the story with Gear the other day when Robert Parrish – don't go back a long time ago, so, you know. <laughs> but I'm old, so I can go back a long time ago, thank God. You know, when he come out of Louisiana, he let it know, hey, I got to be paid. Oh, I need to make some nickels. And um, and sitting there, he signed him and brought, like, three of his high school teammates with him. And um, they had a great two-year run. They went to the NCAA tournament <laughs> two years in a row. Of course, he leaves and goes and became a Hall of Famer with the Celtics. And, um and sitting there's never been the same. So, were we doing that now with Memphis? I don't know. You know, I don't think so because this program going back to 72, 73, a team that I went to damn near every home practice, Larry Finch, Ronnie Robinson, Larry Keenan, Doug McKinney, 
Bill Laurie, who's obviously made some nickels himself. Um, of course, Gene Lee's after the Final Four. That was tough, man. That was a tough time. And um, and then Dana's run. And Dana, truth be told, you know, we get into Dana and we talk about the illegal stuff that went on, which I don't get caught up in too much of that sometimes. But, but Dana had amassed and much talent as any of the top programs in America. If you talk to those players over there, <clears throat> they'll tell you, hey, man, we, we were loaded. And then whatever went on with the Winston Tire, uh, tire and, you know, un- under the table and Keith Lee, and I don't know, I don't, uh, you know, some of that don't even bother me, to be honest with you. And then here comes this guy named John Calipari. Man, they make the run in 08, man. And me and my kid and my dogs, man, I'm eating nachos and we drinking and Mario Chalmers hits that three. I'm like, damn, man. And then when it went to overtime, to be honest with you, I knew we were in trouble. I'm talking about we as a Memphis fan. That's who I am. I'm a Memphis fan. I can't hide that. And I took my two rots, man, and we walked. I had an American that weighed 120, and I had a German that weighed 180. And we just started walking, man, walking the neighborhood. And um, I had a little juice in me, and, you know, and the kids pulled up. Coach, coach, you see we lost? I'm like, yeah, bro, I saw it coming, man. You know, I knew I knew it wasn't going to be good. And um, I was hoping this team right here could take me. I'm 59. Shit, I'll be 60 next month, and I'm having health issues. I was hoping this team right here would give me that last little maybe run, and I think they still can. It's a really good team. You know, <laughs> I don't like Quinone Short. I don't like when you played Lomax and Harris together. I mean, I just me watching TV and me coaching, you know, and um, Wiseman's the key, bro. He's a difference maker. He's a shot blocker. He runs a floor like James Worthy. And um, so I thought it was it was neat last night watching, you know, Phil Knight's there. I'm not a big fan of his sometimes or Nike because I always competed against him. But um, it's a good time, man. It's a good time. So what's going to happen? And I know more. I know Leslie Ballin and I know Mr. Fishman, and I think they've got a plan. I'm going to tell you some things that I, I can't tell you, but, you know, they got a plan. And so if they get the restraining order, which Judge Evans is going to do, I'm telling you right now, on the 18th, November 18th, and then you flip it to where if the NCAA files to stay in federal court to keep it in the West District of Tennessee in federal court, they got a problem. I think that's why they're, you know, it would probably be um, smart for them to to reach some type of settlement. I think Memphis would be smart, too, if it would be, hey, James, you want to sit this many games and then we go in and play, and then it's behind us. We don't got to worry about it. And I, I have a problem, too. You know, Penny Penny made the move or helped the move. He kids a sophomore in high school going to be a junior. My my thing is, and I know the people around that AAU program, why was Penny's name in the, even involved? Why was his name anywhere mentioned, knowing? Because at the time, he was being interviewed to be an assistant coach on the collegiate level. And of course, we didn't know what was going on with Tubby. but why was his name? That that's the only thing that you know, Gary Parrish and myself and other people that have called me and reporters and college coaches and that and that's that's the constant 
you know, barometer of, key. why was his name involved? And, you know, and, and I can't answer that question because I wasn't around. I had moved and moved on. And But I think somebody should have done something, been proactive to say, hey, you know what? We need to protect you. And um, so here it is, you know, now either did he tell the truth by being naive, did he tell the truth be, being egotistical, did he just tell the truth because he's a good dude? I don't know, you know. To me, the NCAA is somebody that I don't want, I don't want, I've dealt with them. They've investigated me. I don't like dealing with them, but it's somebody I think the least you say to them, the least information you give them, if you're involved in this, you know, the better off you are. So we'll see. Like I said, Gary Charles hopefully calls in out of New York City, the impresario, the guy, the, the, the legend, the myth, and tight with Sonny Vaccaro, and he. Oh, I really am curious about his events this summer, and um, so we'll see what happens and, and kind of go from there. Um, the last show was Alex and myself talking explicitly about the James Wiseman situation. The show before that was Tony Squires out of Virginia, who's running one of the oldest, if not, I mean, he's been around like Gary a long time, and he ran. He's run Squires, Virginia AAU program forever. He had to compete against a big Nike program. Again, another Sonny Vaccaro guy, and I'm proud to be that. You know, people say, oh, you're Sonny's guy. You know, you go to, um, you know, you go to events, you go to tournaments, people are like, oh, you're Sonny's guy. Well, okay. Sonny's been on the show with us twice, and I'll have him back again. So, you know, and we'll roll from there and do what we got to do. Dan Levitard's back. You know, people on Twitter kill me, man. I like Twitter. Twitter makes me laugh. I don't know where he been. I don't know if he got married. I don't know what he did a honeymoon. I don't know what the hell he did. But I miss him because if you if you watch ESPN, they just regurgitate the same stuff over and over and over. Same topic, same this, same that. But he's back, and he don't mind going out on a limb and. Uh, you know, he attacked the president. He did some stuff. And, you know, Jamel Hill did it. She got fired. They couldn't fire. <laughs> they couldn't fire Dan because they just signed him a $5 million deal a year. So we're going to write him a check for $25 million to ride off into the sunset. So I don't know what's been going on. But anyway, he's back. He's my guy. I work at night. So I watch that stuff in the daytime. And, um, and it's good stuff. So uh, like I said, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be doing this. I thank Alex for the opportunity and the Keith Easterwood Show podcast. Man, thank you for listening so much. We appreciate it. We really appreciate our sponsors. I mean, it's been a great run. We're going to keep this thing going. We're rolling. And again, before we get into our guests and all that, thank you so much to our sponsors. You know what my favorite part about this time of year is? Sweater weather. Leaves on the ground and threes from downtown, baby. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action anywhere you live in the country and have a stake in the game with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little, which we all do, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big games, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet the season, 
Do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than us. The NBA is back and in action. It's time for you to turn your attention from carving pumpkins in the crazy year of basketball that we're going to have ahead of us. The offseason was especially eventful this year with all the trades, all the movement, all the recruiting. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. All right, Keith Easterwood, back with you. Uh, we've rambled enough about Memphis basketball, Memphis, Oregon, James Wiseman, ESPN, and just um, me talking about life. I appreciate everybody listening. This has really been a good deal. I didn't realize that, you know, a podcast has such a a wide range of uh, touching people. I've heard of guys from today from Puerto Rico and Washington State and all that, and you know, if you go back and look, Sonny Vaccaro's been with us twice, a bevy, a laundry list of college coaches, Manny Sanguian, who played with the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, Hobo Heroes and Street Corner Clowns. And, but there's a guy out of New York City named Gary Charles. And Sonny's the one that told me to call him, Sonny Vaccaro. I love Sonny so much. And um, Gary's like the impresario of, of New York hoops. And I think when you get into listening to him and talking to him, you'll see he's very authentic, like Tony Squires was out of Virginia and some other people that I've had. Gary, how you doing, buddy? Keith, how are you? How you doing? I'm, I'm sorry. Man, I'm doing good. Uh, I was waiting on your yeah. call. I didn't realize you guys were waiting on my call, so my apologies. It don't matter. Hey, gee, gee, we, we made it work, man. Hey, let me ask you something, yeah. man, that really piqued my interest. You yeah. did July events in Vegas without them being live? Correct. So how did, how did cool. that go over? Because when everything I read was very positive. Well, let me, I'll give you the, some of the facts, and then your listeners could take it for what it is. Okay. So we received 600 million Google search for the big-time tournament. We were right. on ESPN twice for top 10 plays during the week. We were on Good Morning America Entertainment Tonight, Wendy Williams. Uh, I, I had to do an uh, interview on TMZ Sports. So I would say it went pretty well. Paul Biancotti and Clark Francis both quoted and said, it was the best non-live tournament I've ever been to in my life. That's not me saying it. That's those guys saying it. Josh, Josh Christopher, who's a top 10 player, said, the best event I've ever been to. He didn't say exclude EYBL or anything else. That was his statement. It's on Twitter somewhere. So I think it went pretty damn well, man. <laughs> no, everything I saw, man, I, and and because, I mean, Gary, you and I have been around a long time. You've been around maybe longer than me, and, you you know, the guys you had, Lamar Odom and Elton Brand, and I'm, I'm not going to – I'll let you state all that, but – um. I was shocked. I was shocked it went so well, dear. Were you surprised at all? No. Uh, Keith, as you said, um, you know, I, I like to refer to guys like you and I as the OGs. We, <laughs> we, we've, been, we, we've been around for a very long time. <laughs> and because of, that, because of that, I have relationships all across the country. I mean, prior to Nike creating the grassroots program, Sonny created his. I was the first person he signed. He signed. So right. a lot of guys now with Nike at one point 
we all used to be together. And then obviously, Nike did, they got smart. And so did, you know, Under Armour and created their own uh, 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 grassroots program, program, which they needed to. So guys went other places. It doesn't mean the relationship went away. And as Nico from Nike even said to me, Gary, I want to thank you for everything because I know my history. And that's what I want people to understand that it was guys like you and I who helped create this grassroots basketball, you know, the way it is, that, you know, the opportunity to, for these kids. So the point that I'm making is a lot of those guys didn't forget. So they came. And I knew they were coming, but I didn't want to say anything. Okay, because the NCAA think that people are just going to do whatever it is that they say. But there's some OGs out there who say, no, we're not. We're going with the real OG. We're going with Gary Charles. And, and, and here's a, a big thing, though, and I say this on a regular basis. You have kids who have been waiting three to four years to get to Vegas because this is it for them. They want right. to have a last rock and make, you know, make it fun. Cole Anthony did the same thing a year ago in that he wanted his last event to be in Vegas. So, you know, so the PSA Cardinals came last year. So I knew we were going to get that. So I knew that the Kate Cunninghams of the world, they wanted to be in Vegas. I knew that Jalen Green wanted to come, you know, to Vegas. And I knew no matter what, we were going to do a tremendous event. And obviously, once, um, you know, Bonnie James' team committed to coming, well, that was just icing on the cake, you know, to have right. you know, Bonnie James out there, you know, with his team. But, but then you had, you know, the Jalen Suggs and the Chet Holmgren coming. You had the Moody Elite who had John, you know, Kaminga out there. Um, and it just, it just kept going. The talent was just unbelievable. You could just see the fun that these kids were having. And then Shawnee Neal, she was there for every game. You know, at front wow. she was asking us, like, hey, where's my celebrity seat? I got to have my VIP. And we would laugh <laughs> and make sure she was there. You know, you know it's listen, Gloria James. Right, right. Man, I, I hadn't seen Gloria in years. And then right. when Gloria saw the logo with a basketball with a hat on it, she said, Gary, I knew it had to be you. She said, I just had to be here. And Gloria was there for all the games. Even when her, you know, her grandson wasn't playing, they hung around to watch the game. So LeBron hung around to watch games. So that just made the atmosphere even better. Ty Lue was there to see, to see his, um, I believe he's, he's the godfather of, uh, of Bonnie James. So Ty Lue was right. there support to be there for the game. And then even in the younger di- division, Jason Kidd was there. Derek Fisher was there. Matt Barnes' team won, I think, the 11 and under or 9 and under. Isaiah right. Ryder was there. His team won one of the divisions. So it was, you know, Keith, you, can, you can't attest to this. You remember back in the days when it was just a wild, wild west. Just everybody just loaded up <laughs> to be with the top givens up somewhere. And that's what I told right. the NCAA. All you're doing is gonna making kids to go, well, Coach, if you're not going, I know another team that's going. I'm just going to go out there with them. So because of that, it was just an unbelievable atmosphere, and each game was just special, and it just kept getting better and better. So, yeah, it was. And now I have guys already calling me saying, I'm not going to the goddamn NCAA thing this year. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be at your event, and I appreciate that, and uh, you know, respect that. No, that's good. Now, I want to hit the brakes, and look, I watched LeBron. You know, Sonny and Chris Rivers had an apartment in Akron, and you know, like me and like you, they would send me 
and I was getting King James stuff, and I I seen it. I seen him when he was sixteen. I'm like, that guy ain't sixteen. That guy's a thoroughbred. You know what I'm saying? But yep. he made a comment the other day. And Gary, back in the day when you played five games in a day, this shit wore you out, man. You got tired. You trying to get to the airport. You trying to get home. But LeBron made a statement about summer guys, quote unquote AAU guys, using kids. You know, I thought the rule now was you could only play three games a day. Day, but he's been somewhere where either he played five games a day or his kid did. But he he was kind of negative, and 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 Kobe's been the same way. I just was trying to give kids a a chance to travel like you, a chance to hoop, go to McDonald's, have some laughs, give them some, some stuff on life. Hey, man, this is the way you do it, not the way it's done in the hood. Let's get you out of the hood. But LeBron was kind of negative the other day. Gary, it bothered me. Well, you know, give me a minute to talk about that because that, that really bothered me too. Uh, as a okay. historian of grassroots basketball, uh, it's important for me to give out some real real facts, okay? You know, as you said, I'm from New York. So sometimes we can just, we keep it too real sometimes. So first I want to correct something <laughs> that you said. This is, this is important. I didn't coach uh, Elton Brand. We played against Elton Brand. I coached Lamar. And at that time, right. Malik Allen was our big man. And, and Malik you know would what? go Here, up again. I, 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 want to, I want to interrupt you if you don't mind. Man, Lamar Odom showed you so much love, man, that, you know, Thaddeus Young, Sean Williams, and Corey Brewer, a lot of them guys have showed me love, but Lamar Odom has publicly gone out of his way to show you and Sonny a lot of love, and that makes me really appreciate him. Well, I, you know what, and, and I thank you for that, and I really appreciate it because, again, you know, based on what, you know, um, LeBron said, Lamar knows just how much we did, you know, to help him, and not just the Lamar. Uh, I had the opportunity to coach the, the Joe Kim Noah, Danny Green. Danny Green still making money. How about that? You know, uh, uh, people that did to make it. The Lance Stevenson. You know, look at Mo Hawkins. Mo Hawkins now playing with the Clippers. You know, he played played with us. You know, I coached uh, Khalid Alameen. Right. Skip to my, right. you know, Ray Boston. And I've had the opportunity to coach over 24 pros. Okay, so I appreciate it uh, that these guys recognize that. So now back to LeBron. Uh, you know, first of all, he made a statement that playing 15 games in a weekend, things of that nature, which is not true because you can't play that many games on a week on a weekend. So that's not true. right. Uh, right. The other thing is that when you say the AAU is, is what getting everyone tired, well, LeBron, first of all, I guess it has nothing to do with the fact that you play 82 games a year, and after you finish playing, you go to a trainer, you, you work out for a couple more hours. I guess none of that has anything to do with that. It's all us. We took the game from the from the hardwood we used to play all day because, you, you know, you had to win and took it to a more uh, uh, concise thing on the court. The rules are this. You can't play more than three games in a day. Those are the rules. Now, here is something important that people don't understand. I want to make sure that people out there understand this. Like, for example, when we do our, our tournament out in Vegas, which is now called the big time, not the fat food right. anymore. But here's the way it works. We start on Thursday. You play either one or two games on Thursday. On Friday, you play either one or two based on what happened on Thursday, okay? Right. Either way, right. you only play three games within those two days because those are your pool, three pool, pool games. Those right. Those are your three pool 
Now you go on Saturday. Saturday starts the playoff. In the playoff, once you start, once you lose, you're done. So meaning that right. on Saturday, when you play your first game on Saturday in your morning, if you lose, you're done. So that's four games. Right. So that meant you play four games in those three days, not five, not all of that. You're done, which means most of those teams are done on Saturday. But let's say if you win. If you win, then you play another game in the evening, all right? Now you go into the quarterfinals on Sunday. Like we have a, a saying, which is get to Sunday. Because the way right. it works is that we do a 48-team uh, 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 in each gym, each division. So we have like right. multiple divisions for the 17, the top one, the next one, so on. And we call it the invite, the diamond, the platinum, the gold, and so on. So meaning that when you go into the playoff, it's 32 teams that's going into the playoff. So you lose, you out. Now you have it down to 16. You win, now you go to Sunday. Now, he is correct in that on Sunday, you may end up playing three games to get to the championship, but the only uh, people who are playing two, three games on Sunday are the last two teams surviving, okay? Right. The other teams are done because, again, if you lose your first one on Sunday, you're done. But here's what happened, and people forget this. It used to be your championship game was at 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday night. That's what it used to be. All right? But then the college coaches said, we don't want to get home that late. We want to get home earlier. So the NCAA changed the rules to be, well, they got to be out by 5 o'clock. But let me right. tell you what I did. When we was doing the Fab 48 first couple of years, we said, we don't give a crap what you said. We're still going to do our championship at 8, so guys have plenty of time. Well, guess what happened? Now coaches complained about it and said, wait a minute. We need, to be, we need to see the championship game, so you need to have the game earlier. So enough people complain. I'm like, okay, fine. So we're moving. So what does that mean? So what that means is if we go at 8, then the next game got to be 11.30 so that way we can get the championship by 3. We didn't create this. The NCAA created that. Not us. Right. All right? And I hate it when people talk but they don't give the full facts of the situation. But even at that point, there's only two teams that played three on that one day, and it was created by the NCAA. But as people can see, so even in the summer, when you start to play, do as you're playing, and look, Keith, here's the thing. Let's be real. There's only X amount of teams that end up winning the championship in most of these tournaments. So what that means right. is that most of the teams that are playing, they get their four games in and they go home. Because don't disrespect to anyone, most of them aren't good enough to win the championship. So they don't, they don't get past the, you know, past the four games. Right. That's not me hating on anyone. That's just me stating the fact. Okay? Right. So no, you're right. You're the, right. They're playing four. And that's, and that's what it is. So when people start saying other things, that bother me. Go back to something you said about Kobe. Kobe – you complained about the thing, and I remember you would not stop playing. You wanted to play every goddamn game. See, I helped Kobe get a social deal. I was the guy that got it. I was the guy watching Kobe to tell Sonny, "That's the guy we got to sign." I saw him kid. in Kansas City. I saw him in Kansas City at sixteen. <laughs> you understand? So that so now he's LeBron. He didn't want to get off the court either. So when you make his steps like that, like God, what are you talking about? You didn't play that many games in uh, you know, in a day. I didn't. It's not true. That's not accurate. Now, here's what, my, what he might be talking about. 
The younger divisions don't have the same rules. Until the age of 14, the rules aren't the same. And LeBron's son is 14. So last year right. he ended up staying in two different age brackets in my event, in the 14 and the 15. I didn't ask him to do that. That was a decision made by his dad. That's his decision. Because right. he played in both. <laughs> so, so the younger division, depending on which tournament he goes to, maybe maybe they do that. I don't know. I'm not aware of anyone doing that. Because even with us, with the younger division, we keep the same rules. You either play one or two at the most. You're not playing, right. you know, more than that. I tell you what's crazy is that Matt Barnes did ask us if it was possible for him to do that because he couldn't get there the first day because he had to go to court because you know him and his wife were in a, in a court battle. For right, right. <laughs> so is that my fault if he had to play more than that? like people don't understand these things like. Like, God, as you know, there's people come, look, I, I'm trying to stay a, save a day in a hotel, so I want to come in the next day. Dude, this is what we have to do. If you can't, don't come. But everyone want to be there, all right? But as far as some of the things that I was just surprised, uh, uh, really, at LeBron saying that. And by the way, LeBron was there most of the games. And, and let me also say this. He was phenomenal. So was his family. They were phenomenal there at the game, well-behaved. It was tremendous. It was uh, it was awesome to watch him there, and watch the way he was rooting for his kids and everyone else. So I so I, I want to put that on record because they said some things about him and then some of that was not accurate. Okay, I got I'm you. a guy. Whether I like you or not, I'm just gonna keep it real. And and then so saying that good thing about him as far as that, I'm really surprised he made this statement because here's the thing, Keith. When he said that most AU coaches are in for the money, whatever. Here's the deal. In New York, these kids don't have no goddamn money, all right? You know, we're paying the money in New York. You think they do in Memphis? You think they do in Memphis? And I'm sure you go through the same damn thing in Memphis, okay? So for him to say that, like, whoa, I don't know what world you're in. I know this. I was talking to Jim Calhoun about this uh, one year. Uh, you know, the the, the ex-UConn, you know, legendary coach. I said, you know what? Jim Calhoun, the Hall of Famer, man. How about that? Big time. And you know what I said to him? Because we were talking about things. We were saying that we all go through the same thing. It might be, you know, it's different levels, but we all go through the same thing. The easiest part of what we do is when we're coaching a one-point game with two minutes to go. Because what people don't understand is this. Where are you? Where are the other people who are complaining when the kid is calling you at midnight because he doesn't have no money to eat? Where are you when the kid doesn't know where his mother's at because she's out there tricking somewhere and you have to go make sure the kid is okay? Where are when you? We need, need, need a tuxedo for the prom. I need a I need a suit. My mom, you know, my right. mom, my mom, my mom saw Lamar one day. Lamar went up and hugged him. Lamar came to one of my events. And my mom hugged him. He's hugging my mom. You know what she said to him? Lamar, where's my money for that for the suit that I bought you for your sweet 16? I want my money. And they busted our laughs. So where were those people who were complaining about these things? What were you when these kids needed these things on a regular basis? It's not just New York. Memphis, Atlanta. You know, you go all over the place, D.C. So it's like, wow. It's amazing to me. I will say this. Most grassroots coaches are trying to do the right thing. Are there some mm-hmm. that are corrupted? Of course. 
But as we all know, there's bad cops, there's bad teachers, there's bad politicians. Right. All right? You're right, bro. But, you know, don't paint all of us with the same brush, all right? Because even the money right now some of the shoe companies are giving you, you still end up spending even more money because of the thing that you have to do to, to, to handle these kids, the situation they're in. And I know for a fact, you know, you and I can have the same conversation. That is this. When those kids in New York are asking, can you help me? They're not trying to game you. They really don't have it. So to hear some of these things, it really bothers me. And here's the other thing. We keep these kids off the street. I remember a guy told me this story. He said he came back from a tournament. One of his players, when he got home, he found out that his mother had been killed, his dad had been killed, his brothers had been killed because of gangs coming over there to kill his whole family. So if he would have been there, he would have been killed. I can tell you other stories like that, that the, a lot of these kids would never leave their town if it wasn't for guys like you and I who helped them go somewhere else, who helped them see the world. This isn't just about basketball. You know, years ago, every time I went somewhere new, I would take the kids around to see the culture. Understand Man, I did too. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, get in the van. Let's go roll. Let's go. Like, people don't understand that, that a lot of these kids would never go anywhere. And to this day, I still get letters from kids saying, thank you, coach, for giving us the opportunity. A lot of times when I get together with the guys, it's not the games we're talking about. It's the camaraderie we're talking about, where we went, the jokes that we created, the things that happened among the brotherhood. That's what we discuss. People don't get that. They don't see all those things that we do. All the NCA want to do is, is, is talk about the bad things. Okay, can you talk about the good things? All the things that we do? Why did, why did we still end up getting 500 teams to come to Vegas in a non-live period? Why? Man, that messed me. Gee, that messed me up, bro. I'm telling you, that messed me up, man. It messed me up. That you pulled that off. Let me, let me hit, I'm gonna hit you with two things, and we're going. Then I want to get into James Wiseman. We okay. were in Vegas uh, da, 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 two weeks ago. We flew my stepson in. He went to he went to the dispensary and stayed buzz a off of gummy bears. That's another story. We won't get into mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and Vegas has got a lot of things going on, whatever. And in Vegas is Vegas. I love Vegas, but. Um, do you worry sometimes about bringing kids to Vegas for tournaments? You know, um, let me say this. I tell guys all the time, if you want the guys who worry about your kids, then your hotel should be off the slip. Like, in other words, right, 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 right. right. You, don't, you don't have to be on the slip. Now, I remember way back when I would have maybe 15 parents come with me to the uh, to the tournament. And I would say to them, okay, you're responsible for those three kids. You're responsible for these three, you know, including your kid. And you know what this? Sometimes right. they would say to me, damn, I want to go out there and have some fun. Let somebody else handle. Uh, 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 uh. I'm like, but that's your kid. You know, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is this, is that everyone enjoys Vegas. And it's our responsibility <laughs> at the same time now to be watching these kids because – you know, I was raised as with a kid as it takes a village to raise a kid. It Correct. wasn't just 
So in, when I'm in Vegas, if I see some kids doing wrong, I don't care what kid it is, I'm saying something. You know, it's like, see something, say something. Okay, that's the way it is. Now, right. I would also say I can't remember having certain issues when I took my team to goddamn Ohio. Right? Right. It can happen anywhere. It can happen anywhere. Right. It can happen anywhere. Now, Vegas obviously presents a different, <laughs> you know, a, a, a situation, obviously. It is it is Vegas. Those are facts. I, I can't make that up. But I know with us, we had certain moves that, you know, okay. there were times I would put a coach in a goddamn hallway to make sure the guys didn't, you know, they ain't going anywhere. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. But at the same time, I had certain teams like I had Shamari Pond a couple years ago in Vegas with the team, right? Right. right. I could not believe how nice these kids were. Game was over. They went. They went right to sleep. I got to a point. I had to tell one of my coaches, "Man, we need a thug in the goddamn team. We need a thug, okay? Because these kids are too damn nice. Damn it, you damn it, you don't." Now, at the same, at the same time. When I had, like, let's say the Khalid el of the world, I'll be like, no, we're staying off the strip, okay? We're not going to be on the strip. So I the point you. that I make is you need to know your team. You need to know the situation because a lot of the parents, when they come to Vegas, it's a vacation for them too. And I think that's right. the reason why things work so well in Vegas. And also we run a good tournament. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I go with that model that Bugsy did. You know, we, hey, you build it right, they will show. I mean, Bugsy was smart enough to realize that he was going to put a goddamn hotel in the middle of the desert and look what he created. <laughs> and it's the same thing. You do it well, people will, people will show up. So that's the reason why teams continue to come to Vegas. Now, mind you now, now, mind you, between the other events that were out there in Vegas, it was probably over maybe 2,000 teams in Vegas right, in a right. tournament. Okay? So I don't want to say it was just us, man. I mean... It it was unbelievable. Vegas, uh, you know, really. And I can tell you this, Keith. I cannot tell you how many teams have already called me who said, I cannot believe what you did. We saw it on the social media. We'll be back next year. Okay. Well, I'm coming. You know what? I'm going to fly in next year just for a couple of days. So, Gary, I'm going to ask you this question because I, 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 this is the way I remember you. You got a suit and a hat on right now? Of course I have a hat on. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the dapper one. If y'all want to Google him. So let me, let, let's segue into this. I'll get you out of here, man. Thank you so much for your time. Man, you have been great. But James Wiseman, the situation, NCAA, Penny Hardaway, yep. and you can argue whatever. And I know the lawyer well that's handling the case. And, um, you know, Penny paid to move the family, which – I thought it was stupid his name was even involved in it, but that's another story. He won't go there. But he did pay as a sophomore rising junior to move Wiseman to Memphis. Now there is he ineligible as he's not. Now you got lawyers involved and negotiating a a settlement of how he sits this many games and I'm just curious what your take on that is. Well, you know what, I've been following the case because um I'm good friends with Lester Keonis. Lester Keonis is a kid from Long Island. Oh, yeah. The, the short, short okay. guys. What the hell up with them damn shorts? Hey, all I can tell you is that every time I see him, I laugh my ass off. Okay, I can't even lie to you. Okay, that's it. you got to be kidding. That's another story. But let's go back to James, and let me give um, your listeners <laughs> a, context, a little context on that. I remember okay. way back then, okay, that 
uh, O.J. Mayo was, you know, out there. And, and, and as you remember, O.J. Mayo in the eighth grade, we all looked at him and said, there's no way this kid is going to college. He's going straight pro. At and his stepdad, time, was, his stepdad was all over the place. Right. And at that time, yeah. whose word, you could go straight to, uh, straight to the pros. Somewhere, right. I think, on uh, his sophomore or junior year, the rules changed in which now you had to go to college. Now, all of a sudden, the NCAA were starting to question something OJ had done. And I remember Sonny had to go to, to them. We did say, whoa, 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 whoa. When this kid started in the eighth grade, the rules were you could go straight there. So no one was worrying about him going to college. He could do what the hell he wants, so to speak, okay? Let's go right. back to James. A couple of years ago, uh, Penny was not a college coach. All right. Correct. Penny was out there, obviously, coaching the AU team or whatever. And I've been on, on ESPN where I've said 75% of college coaches have helped a kid. 75% of kids, at least, playing college ball have been helped one way or the other. My point that I'm making is that Penny was a grassroots coach. He was helping a family. Penny, at that time, was not thinking, well, I'm going to be the next coach at, at Memphis. All right? We didn't know that. So, right. We didn't know. Right. We didn't right. know that. Now, and then you're saying, well, he's a, he's a booster for, because he did this way back when. Whoa, 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 What? What in the hell are we talking about? And you're telling me that, that Penny also knew back then that that kid was going to end up in Memphis? No way. You guys, are, the NCAA is assuming a whole lot. And, and here's the thing. I, I thought that all of us are supposed to be in this business to help to help. And right. I never understand is that we go out of our way to go help the young men out to survive because that's what it is. See, it's hard for people to understand, you know, what's at stake, what it takes to survive when you're not in their shoes. You will never understand. I'm from Haiti, and I've been here since I, I came when I was seven. But prior to that, Keith, I was in Haiti, and I can remember days where I didn't eat. It was a survival. And people don't understand. Them a, them a, them a long day, my brother. I remember them. Them a long, long day, day, man. Long day. So when you're sitting there, now you want to penalize a kid like James Wiseman. First of all, if the rules weren't what it is, he wouldn't be in Gotham College to begin with. He'd be going to the Correct. post. You don't do this in baseball. You don't do this in tennis. You don't do this in golf. Okay, we all know what it is. Okay, you do it to all the damn sports that a lot of black kids are involved. We're not stupid. All right? We're not stupid. It's just a different form of slavery. And people say, how, how could you even say that? Well, here's the thing. Back in the days, you told, you told the slave, hey, you could stay here in this cabin. or you got to just go pick the cotton. But I'm going to give you somewhere to sleep. And because you're giving somebody sleep, it makes it okay for you to pick the cotton all goddamn day. And it's the same thing that they're doing with our kids now. Say, well, look, I'm giving you a scholarship. Well, here, just come and play ball for me. But I'm going to give you the scholarship. Forget the fact that you're making billions of dollars off these kids' heads every single year. Forget the fact that the college coaches are making millions of dollars. Forget the fact that the KDs are getting raised. Everybody's making money but the goddamn kid. And now here's a kid about to play, all right, and you're, you're forcing him to go to college, and now you're saying, you know what? We're going to suspend you because you receive money. What? Are you kidding me? You should be happy as hell. You should be kissing that kid's hand to say thank you for coming because he could have went overseas. He could have done whatever he wanted to, and he didn't. And now you're penalizing him? You know, if the kid doesn't play, he's still going to be a top three pick. 
Well, why are you going to take that away from the kid? Why would you do that? Why would you hurt him like this? You're not being fair to him. You're not being fair to the family. That family needs money, and you know what? They're sacrificing themselves to play a year when it could be somewhere else playing. And now you want to penalize them for doing this? While you continue to keep making your money? When this and they make they making money off him. They making money off of him. So every time, every time they play, they get on TV, they get their piece. When Memphis makes it to the tournament, the NCAA makes a lot of money. Billions of dollars are being made off these kids. And you know what? And every time James Wiseman plays, the further Memphis goes, they make more money. And he's not getting anything. And you're saying, we're going to penalize you X amount of game. So you still continue to penalize the kids, the family, and everyone else that's involved. What the hell are we doing? When does common sense prevail? This is wrong. You know what? To quote you, OG, in our life we may not see it, but I will tell you this. I think with all the legislation about to come down about monitoring you know, likeness and things of that nature and jerseys and, and signatures, the NCAA is on the way out. And so this thing's going to change. And when it does, I believe it'll change for the better. Listen, you know what? Um, I've had people who say to me, why are you guys complaining about these things? Okay, I don't see anything wrong with it. And and you know what, Keith? Let me tell you what's, uh, what makes them stop on their track when I say, yeah, I also remember when people thought it was okay for us to be drinking out of, you know, different water fountains. I also remember when people thought it was okay. For I remember them it. days. I remember no. separate waiting rooms and separate water fountains and bathrooms. I remember them days. And I remember when Dr. Bathroom. King got killed here, man. It was terrible. Well, what do you think about it now? And it's the point that I'm trying to make. You know what? I don't know why, what it is. For, for for us to have to go through a lot of hell for people to finally do the right thing and then look back right. at it. So this is the thing where I'm looking at this. Or there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, why, 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 why? But you know what? I think this was the first step, you know, with what California did. I totally agree with you that things are going to change. And 10 years from now, people are going to look like, what the hell was going on for all those years? Same, the same way they're looking at back now, some of the things that went up. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. Gary Charles, New York City impresario. You know, Gary, I say this respectfully, brother, to you, uh, to you especially. You know, I went on a run with Sonny and them, man, where, uh, you know, I joke, I call it King Kong of Memphis, but it's tough for a white guy in the inner city to, to run stuff. But you've been a mainstay in New York for so long, man. I respect you when I talk to Sonny. I said, Sonny, I think I'm going to reach out to Gary to do the podcast. And Sonny was like, Keith, do it right now. And I, let, me, let me tell you this. <laughs> man, Sonny, Sonny changed my life. I was just a guy working, man, just a working cat, man. And, and Sonny, and, and, yeah, he does, man. He invoked in me courage. He invoked in me change. He invoked in me looking at things different with people, man. And I would love Sonny Vaccaro, you know, I went to lunch one time. We won the Nike Memorial Tournament in New Orleans. And Jerry West, George Ravelin, and ah, yeah, yeah, all these people showed up. They bought me a steak I couldn't afford. You know, and 
they, yeah, and they got to talking about camp, you know. And this guy there, he is Lorenzo Wright's father-in-law, who's dead now. Yep. He said, well, you know, Keith is Sonny's guy. And you goddamn right I was. I didn't back off of that shit. You How think, about that? Let me tell you something, man. Just like my wife. I love my wife. I love Sonny Vaccaro. And you wasn't going to pump me, and I wasn't going to back up. And I, I sense the that? same with you. I sense the same with with my guy with, with, with Squires, Virginia. And when I talk to guys now, after the fact, because I'm not the gang, Gary. I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't doing good health-wise. But, man, we, we, we were proud when somebody said, oh, you Sonny's guy. You damn right I was. Okay, you're damn right. The Tony Squires, all right, the, the Mac Irvin, the Wallace Traper. You Man, damn what? Right. <laughs> we damn right. Easterwood, come on now. You're damn right and proud of it. And, and, and this is what I mean when I say, you know, when I talk to Nico out of Nike or even Lynn Merritt, when I talk with them and I mention Sonny, they actually bring his name up with respect because they know. You have to. You got to okay. put respect on his name. Put that respect on that man's name, because for a lot of us, and that's why I put it out there on Twitter one time. Even with the college coaches, all of you, all, when you go to sleep at night, you need to say thank you to Sonny Bacow because he's the one that started the whole shoe deal for you all. Okay, when you go to sleep at night, go say thank you to Sonny Bacow and Pam. All right, because we all know Pam was right there with us every single step of the way. We spent that couple. All right, for our world that we live in right now in the basketball world, okay? That's the way I look at it. So I'm with you, you know, and you know what? That part's never that part's never going to change. I'm always going to be a Sonny Vaccaro guy. i take you to my grave, brother. Hey, Gary, Gary I'm going to get you back, man. We'll get into the tournament. We'll get Anytime. into the season. We'll get into what you're doing this summer. Um, yep. I, I, just left Vegas for the, I just left Vegas for the eighth time. I love it, but but I told my wife, I said, this guy's running a tournament out there. I may go out there for a couple of days. She said, boo-boo, go on and go. I would love to. Give me a, give me a, give me a 3X t-shirt, and, she, and I'm in the house. <laughs> God, you got it, man. In fact, I, hey, you got it. Just put that in the book, my man. Hey, Gary Charles, I love you, man. Thank you so much for the love time. Love you too, man. Call me anytime. Appreciate it. All Take right, care. brother. Good night. Good yeah. night.